the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's going on in Mount Lebanon? It has come to my attention that someone named Allie Michael, that's a female, uh, Allie Michael, A-L-I Michael, is coming in next week for a 90-minute presentation at the Mount Lebanon High School Auditorium. It's part of their DEI initiative. That would be Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Uh, Michael is a graduate of Mount Lebanon. She's apologizing for growing up in such a white neighborhood. She's the co-founder and director of Race Institute for K-12 Education. Here's some excerpts uh, from her presentation. This is taken from a YouTube video. Uh, There was a time in my 20s when everything I learned about the history of racism made me hate myself, my whiteness, my ancestors, and my descendants. I remember deciding that I couldn't have biological children because I didn't want to propagate my privilege biologically. If I was going to pass on my privilege, I wanted to pass it on to someone who doesn't have racial privilege, so I planned to adopt. I disliked my whiteness, but I disliked the whiteness of other white people more. I felt like the way to really end racism was to feel guilty for it and to make other white people feel guilty for it, too. And then, like Dolezal, that's the woman who passed herself off as black out in California and became head of the NAA, local NAACP, and she's white. Anyway, she says, and then like Dolezal, I wanted to take on Africanness. Living in South Africa during my junior year abroad, I lived with a black family, wore my hair and head wraps, shaved my head. I didn't want to be white, but if I had to be, I wanted to be white in a way that was different from other white people I knew. I wanted to be a special, different white person, the one and only. How very white of me. How'd you like to have your kids' teachers be, uh, how'd you like to have them be taking advice from her? Now, if you live in Mount Lebanon, you might want to ask some questions about this. Now, that some of that, uh, what I just read you, is taken a little bit out of context, but I did listen to some of the video, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just insane. So uh, she's coming in as part of this uh, program they have going on there, uh, for uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we might have more on this tomorrow. Uh, anyway, when we come back, uh, a, fellow, a, fo- a follow-up, I should say, to Pitt's so-called investigation, quote-unquote, into what's going on with their fetal tissue research. We have more on that. And in our second half hour, an expert on China here to talk about why the U.S. is going, US going to the Beijing Olympics next week is a really, really bad idea. Stick around. So, you want to quit smoking? How about this? Go to mynicotinetest.com. That's mynicotinetest.com. And your chances, based on uh, their program, 7 out of 10. 70% chance you're going to quit. How long have you been trying to quit? Uh, Maybe a long time. Maybe you've tried, gotten to a certain point, and not been able to uh, finish the deal. Well, this is the way to do it. Uh, it's called my, I'm sorry, mynicotinetest.com. It was founded by the director of the New York City Fire Department Tobacco Program. You take, uh, you do a urine test, and they base uh, their program on your uh, urine test results, and they come up with a program for you based on your nicotine levels, and uh, helps you to not feel miserable during uh, the time that you're trying to quit, and you don't have to quit right away. Right now, for a limited time, you can get an expert tobacco coaching, uh, expert tobacco coaching free with your nicotine test purchase, and the experts guide you with tips and secrets that will uh, help make you just quit. It'll make it a reality for you. MyNicotineTest.com works with all tobacco products, including vaping and smokeless. If you have questions, call MyNicotineTest at one eight hundred four five smoke. That's one eight hundred forty five S M O K E. You can leave a message if all the tobacco counselors are busy, and if you're not a smoker. Order a gift card for your loved one at mynicotinetest.com. That's mynicotinetest.com. 
Whatever Happened to the Pursuit of Happiness? By every measure, we're less happy now than at any time in America's history. The problem is we've confused happiness with comfort for too long. In a world in which the news is fake, politics has become religion, and science has made us even more skeptical. A new book shows us how to become reactionaries against this so-called progress. There's a better way to live. It's the reactionary way. Read about it in the new book, The Reactionary Mind, Why Conservative Isn't Enough. We've seen how COVID lockdowns have contributed to loneliness. Divorce rates are falling, but only because marriage rates are falling faster. Death from despair has led to a drop in life expectancy among white males for the first time. This new book, The Reactionary Mind, shows how we can fight the growth of wokeism and find peace and happiness centered around our families. Be happy. Be a reactionary. Order Michael Warren Davis's witty, provocative new book, The Reactionary Mind, Why Conservative Isn't Enough from Amazon and wherever books are sold. The word is out. People are abandoning their overpriced wireless carriers and flocking to Pure Talk for the same 5G coverage, but at a fraction of the price. In fact, the average family saves over $800 a year when switching from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just 30 $30 a month. Or if you still want unlimited data, you can get that and still save a fortune. So make the switch and get the same coverage as the big guys, but at half the price. Go to puretalk.com, type in your address to find the coverage at your home, then enter promo code half off, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code half off. Switch to Pure Talk and get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month because Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless let's ring in the new year by checking off an important to do your old videotapes and photos are fading as each year passes vcrs are becoming extinct and the clock is ticking to save your family's most cherished memories hi i'm adam baselogger and i'm nick mako we started legacy box to help you preserve your captured moments by converting all your videotapes photos and even film reels into perfectly preserved digital files legacy box is the easiest resolution to do and can be done in minutes Just fill your Legacy Box, send it in, and we'll send it back with your memories perfectly preserved. Legacy Box is the world's largest digitizer of home movies and photos. All the work is done right here in the USA, and over a million customers have trusted Legacy Box. Let's kick off the new year right by rescuing your memories that haven't been watched or enjoyed in years. Order your Legacy Box today. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 40% off your Legacy Box. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 40% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we've been following a story about the research being done at Pitt and UPMC with fetal tissue for quite a while now. It's been ignored by most of the local media. Uh, The Post-Gazette ran a story last week about an investigation done by a law firm hired by Pitt. And, of course, the conclusion was that Pitt uh, was complying with the laws and doing nothing wrong. But... There are still questions about that investigation, and Madeline Osborne, managing editor of The Federalist, is asking them. She joins us now. Madeline, thanks for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. So, um, yeah, it was really good to have you on. So, what, what did the investigation by the law firm Hyman, Phelps, and McNamara leave out? So, uh, yeah, this law firm, I refer to them as HPM. Um, They're a D.C. law firm that uh, helps a lot of medical groups get things approved by the government, like the FDA. Um, And so Pitt hired them to basically bail them out of um, basically find a way to hide or spin kind of the research that they've been doing over the past couple of years using fetal tissue. Um, And they did this by limiting the scope of their investigation. So basically, the pit researchers get their aborted fetuses from a couple of different places. They get them from uh, the University of Pittsburgh's Medical Center, um, as well as their women's hospital. And from the get-go of this investigation, the lawyers set out and said, we're not even going to look at those two places, right? We're only going, because Pitt isn't responsible for them. Like, even though uh, we're only going to focus on Pitt's tissue lab, on Pitt's own tissue um, bank, they call it, um, we're not going to focus on these other two clinics. But what they failed to even acknowledge is that Pitt tissue banks 
have locations within these two clinics, within inside the UPMC hospital and within inside the, the Nye Women's Hospital. Um, so it's just they had basically admitted up front. We're not we can't really even hold pay responsible for them. So we're only going to look at um, Pitt Tissue Bank and they everything looks a OK there. Well, uh, McGee Hospital is one of the uh, it's well, very well known here. It's been here for a million years. I think a few of my siblings were actually born there. Um, but uh, there has been little or no media pressure on Pitt or UPMC to to really come uh, come out with a, a really good explanation for this. Uh, the Post Gazette, as I mentioned, did a story about it last week, and uh, it turned out that looked a lot like just a PR release. Um, you know, a public relations. Yeah, I think they basically just regurgitated what the what the lawyers came up with, which is what Pitt wanted. I'm sure. Yeah. So you hire your own. You hire a law firm, and you say this law firm works to help people get by FDA regulations, uh, or to um, to to just protect themselves yes. against. Yeah, damage. that's their specialty. I think their specialty is working with the FDA, working with medical companies to get FDA approved. Yeah. So they and you say they left out that intentionally left out pretty much the most damning evidence, right? Which is the what should have been the purpose of the investigation, right? You know, they they tried to say their reasoning was, you know, Pitt, the University of Pittsburgh is a totally different institution, right? They say UPMC, the medical center, and the McGee Women's Hospital. That's those are nonprofits, right? So we're not like Pitt isn't responsible for them. Um, and I guess you could say, sure, they're not maybe legally responsible, but like if you have these ethical questions about where you as a research institute are, get, how you're sourcing your tissue, don't, aren't you responsible for where that tissue is coming from and where that, um, and whether the, that tissue is ethically sourced? So that's kind of, um, the big question. There was other things they did find, um, they did look and we learned some interesting things about how they about how UPNC um, asks women, pregnant women um, who have decided to get an abortion um, about consenting to be to donating their baby's bodies and baby's organs. Um, so we find out some interesting things there um, about how, you know, are they being convinced? Um, by, you know, enticed by the idea of donating and then pursuing an abortion. There's some questions there. Um, and there was also some questions about, um, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of questions about where, um, about kind of pointing fingers at their own researchers. So I think one of the studies that got a lot of media attention last year, um, in the last year was the study where they grafted aborted baby scalps onto lab rats and wrote in mice. And you can see the pictures of these. It's very graphic. It's very barbaric. Um, and taxpayers are funding these studies and taxpayers are saying, why are we doing this? And where are you getting these baby scalps from? And what this investigation shows us is that what the researchers said in their stud their official printed medical pu published study in a medical journal, they said, you know, we got them from UPNC. Well, the investigators and these lawyers are saying, no, these came from a commercial supplier. So we don't know where these scouts are coming from now. So this is just another instance of this report really raising more questions than answering questions. Yeah, and as I said, there's been very little media attention paid to this, even though Pitt's a pretty big deal here, and UPMC is everywhere. The name is on buildings everywhere. The Steelers facility is UPMC. The Penguins uh, ice rink is the UM UPMC. Uh, they're, they're everywhere, and they spend lots of money on advertising, UPMC does. And it makes me wonder if that is why... The local TV stations uh, aren't interested in, in doing a story. As a journalist, uh, Madeline, uh, doesn't this wouldn't this appear to you to be a pretty good local story here in Pittsburgh and one that should be all over, just be covered like crazy? Absolutely, I would want to know what's going on at this hospital. You know, how are these abortions being performed, and um, you know, how are the women in your community being? Um, treated. I, I can't say I'm really surprised, though. Um, any abortion story, ha abortion is just critically unreported on across the board, right? Media, 
they they are interested in it. Um, we saw this play out with the Gosnell story. Um, and it's interesting that you say, like, you know, even as local crime or like a local story, why wouldn't there be interest in local media? You know, that's what those things have been written off in the past. That's kind of the famous story of, you know, the Gosnell case um, where this man was literally murdering women and babies in, you know, back room of his clinic, um, you know, and 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 Pete, Molly Hemingway asked the Washington Post healthcare reporter, why aren't you covering this? And the reporter replied, well, that's a local crime story. <laughs> you know, that's why we don't cover abortion. And so, yeah. you know, and if you want to, if you do want to say, okay, that's local, you know, why isn't the local, uh, you know, Pitts, Pittsburgh media reporting on it either? You know, we don't have national media attention. We don't have local media attention. But again, I can't really say I'm surprised. Yeah. And so, so Pitt is, is hiding behind a technicality as far as the relationship with UPMC and um, saying, don't ask us about it, ask them. They're the ones doing it. We have nothing to do with it. We're just pit over here. Yeah, that's basically what they're saying. They're saying the lawyers, you know, said, you know, they're a nonprofit. You pit is a for-profit. Um, you know, they're, they're two different institutions. We can't hold them accountable. But there's just got to be, I don't understand how you can, maybe you could legally separate those things, but Pitt is literally operating tissue bank labs physically inside of the women's hospital and physically inside UPMC. So they're not physically separated. So maybe you can separate them on paper, but you're having Pitt employees, Pitt faculty interacting with UPMC faculty um, or UPMC employees. um, and, And there's just there's definitely some transfers happening there. And so I don't understand, you know, if, if Pitt is denying that, then why does Pitt need to move their tissue banks out of UPNC centers, right? I mean, separate yourselves completely if you really can't, if you really want to say we don't take any responsibility for their actions. Well, UPMC, it's, it's kind of like NCAA. It, it, it's a word in itself. It's an acronym, but it's become a word here in Pittsburgh because it's so widespread and so, so, um, it's just a part of everything. It's uh, you see the commercials every five minutes on TV, and but it does. I'm pretty sure the UP stands for University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. That's it what does. it is. You're you're correct. It does stand for yeah. that. The so, name they share a name as well. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of hard to separate the two. It's kind of like saying, "Hey, they're doing that stuff down the hall. Go talk to them." Well, I don't know what's going on down there. Um, it's quite liter- It's quite literally that because yeah. they they share a building. Yeah. So what is the Pitt Biospecimen Corps? So that is their tissue bank. That's what um, the investigators focused on. So the investigators say, yeah, we're going to look into their tissue harvesting, and we're going to look at Pitt's, at, at Pitt's tissue bank. It's called the Pitt Biospecimen Corps, and we're, we're going to focus on that, and we're going to focus on their review board. So, you know, this is we've really looked into how all of their systems work, where they get all their tissue and how it works is, you know, they have their Pitt their biospecimen core, and if any researchers need some feed, need human tissue, they get it from there. And if for some reason there's something amiss with their application, then it goes to our our, our review board. And so that's kind of what their their investigation really focused on. But even in that, you know, the review board isn't uh, isn't free of conflict of interest. You know, their vice chairs. Um, there's a vice chair of this review board that's supposed to review whether researchers um, are getting the, where they're getting their fetal tissue, should they be using fetal tissue, et cetera. The vice chair of that board is a Planned Parenthood director. Um, she's involved. She's also the director of the McGee Women's Hospital Family Planning. Um, you know, she's they, the the University of Pittsburgh is basically a pipeline for Planned Parenthood abortionists. Like the new director that they just, that Planned Parenthood of Western Pennsylvania just announced recently within the last month, she's a pit grad. You know, that, that they're kind of pit grads if you look at any of the staff on the local Planned Parenthood there. So it's kind of a pipeline back and forth. Faculty perform abortions at the local Planned Parenthood and vice versa. Um, so there's just all these conflicts of interest up and down the board and investigators, this report, you know, that, hired lawyers to do basically came in and said, yeah, there's just, there's no 
quote, no conflicts or violations. We didn't find any. And the lawyers didn't say how they came up with that. They didn't say, yeah, we interviewed all these people at Planned Parenthood. They didn't say we reviewed these documents. They just said, yeah, we looked into it and we decided there's no conflicts. And of, and of course, Pitt was happy with the investigation. They have no complaints. I think, I think so. I don't. I don't. I haven't heard anything. But I think they're they're happy to say, yeah, we've we've washed our hands clean here. So we did what we had to do. And they probably only even did this investigation because of what little media attention they did get. You know. Yeah, I I um I I, I contacted the uh, Catholic League, and the Catholic League contacted some local um, state representatives. And uh, there was uh, there were some questions raised, and then all of a sudden Pitt decided to do this investigation. But I don't know how much how, how much experience you have with with organizations paying to have themselves investigated in order to overcome media criticism. But I don't have a whole lot of faith in those. No, I don't either. And I think I mean, if I was in their position, that would probably be the smart play to do, right? Yeah. Well, is so abortion based on what you've your research into this would seem to be a pretty profitable thing for the University of Pittsburgh. I mean, I think it depends. That's kind of where that's what David Delighton's investigations have really targeted, you know, mm-hmm. um, because this has been something that Planned Parenthood has faced allegations with about for a long time. Um, one of the original videos that David came out with um, actually addressed the Western Pennsylvania Planned Parenthood, um, and they had uh, he has undercover footage of um, the Planned Parenthood uh, doctors saying, like, "Yeah, we tell women that they can donate to um, to Pitt's Tissue Lab," and. You know, Planned Parenthood has a long history of covering up, you know, was it for profit or not? You know, you look at their their statements and their their books and they say things like, oh, well, we were just, you know, getting reimbursed for the shipping costs or we were just getting reimbursed for the transport fees of putting, you know, these baby organs on ice. You know, that's all we were charging for. Um, so it's a really gray area. Planned Parenthood denies it. Obviously, Pitt denies it. Um, but you can go look at David's work at the Center for Medical Progress, and he's um, really done a lot of undercover investigation on on that question. Yeah, we had we had uh, David on the show here last week. Um, so the, the the fact that there's no um, not not any real media attention being given to this, and the Post Gazette did the story last week. What are the chances of this of of there being any more investigation into this if it's not going to be from local media and it's not, and if the local governments if there's not somebody from local government either state or county or somebody this is pretty much the end of it right they just hope it goes away. I mean, I hope not. I, my, I think the only hope is there is a. Um, I think it was a local, a state congresswoman who yeah. initially pushed for the investigation, and I haven't seen her statement on the results of the report. But if I were her, I would be demanding another one, right? Or be right. demanding for HP, HPC, the law firm you know, turn over the documents that you found, turn over the interviews that you conducted, like let us give us more than this. Right. So if I were any local politician um, or, you know, a representative, I would, that's what I would be pushing for to not let this be the end of it. But I don't know, I guess it's just up to them. And I guess it's up to the taxpayers and the constituents to push their representatives to do that. We're finishing up here with Madeline Osborne. She's managing editor of the Federalist. You can find her story at the com. Um, so, bottom line, this so-called investigation, did it do anything other than clear pit of any legal wrongdoing? No, it was basically just a PR job in my mind. That's it. That's the end of it. And you would think, by the way, and I don't have about 30 seconds here, but if this were something that Pitt was proud of, they wouldn't be hiding this. They would be, they would be touting it. They'd be bragging about it, wouldn't they? Yeah, that's a great point. Why aren't they putting any positive? Why isn't there any positive press out there about it? There just aren't any. People are ignoring it. Well, I appreciate you coming on, uh, Madeline, and a nice job on the story. I hope you keep looking into it, and I will keep. I'll keep following it here. Thanks. 
And that's Madeline Osborne. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Kremlin has said that the U.S. stance on Russia's demands has left little ground for optimism. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov has said the lack of hope does not, however, mean there is no room for dialogue. Tensions have soared in recent weeks as Russia built up about 100,000 troops at the Ukraine border. In recent talks, the U.S. refused to meet Russian demands, such as to permanently ban Ukraine from joining NATO. The U.S. have warned that any incursion into Ukraine will be met with severe consequences and economic costs. All eyes are now on President Vladimir Putin, who will decide how Russia will respond amid fears that Europe could again be plunged into war. I'm Karen Chamas. And the Coast Guard says it has found four more bodies that it searched for dozens of migrants lost off the coast of Florida for a total now of five bodies. The Dow down 40 points, the Nasdaq off 166. This is SRN News. So I invested in one of those fancy new exercise bikes. Without a doubt, a very special tool to help me get healthier. The problem is three days go by, then four, and I've done nothing. And then it's night five, and I'm sitting at the kitchen table, and I look down at myself, and I can't help but just laugh. Because there I am, wearing the exercise t-shirt that came with the bike, and I'm eating two corn dogs. And I think we'd all agree, the special tool only matters if we use it to our benefit. At United Faith Mortgage, we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions. There's no middleman. And often, this allows us to get you a better rate on your refinance or new home purchase, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Federal corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. After a pretty rough year, it's time for a fresh start. But 2022 is starting off with a bang with a new variant of COVID. More back and forth out of Washington and inflation at nearly 7%. Yeah, it might seem like we're off to another rough start. But hey, this is America and we will overcome. So stay positive and we'll get through this together. You'll see, this will be a happy new year. AM 1250, The Answer. Whose rule book do you want to play by? The government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. Let me ask you, what does your perfect wedding day look like? I'll bet you've imagined it over and over again. The crisp spring air, the fresh grass giving way beneath you as you walk towards your future, surrounded by the people you love the most. So what's in the way of you believing it's possible for you to have it? Are you believing the lie that you are meant to be alone? Or maybe you don't know what a Christian romance should look like or where to find it. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. And I invite you to join me in my free Married in 12 Months Challenge, where you will discover your heart's desire of a loving marriage. In this challenge, I'll teach you why now's your time to find love. What are the lies that are holding you back? Why God wants you married, the biblical law of attraction, and the tools to become a bride. Don't wait any longer. Just sign up for my free Married in 12 Months 5-Day Challenge at lovestories.com and you can start your journey to find that lasting loving relationship now. Join me at lovestories.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Volume delays right now on the Parkway East, on the inbound side, County Jail to the Fort Pitt Bridge. And on the outbound side, looks like about an extra seven minutes, Bait Street up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Parkway West, not quite as bad, but you're going to see some congestion inbound between Green Tree and the Fort Pitt Tunnel. PPG Paints Arena, we've got that Penguins game starting at 7. Watch out for volume there. Liberty Bridge outbound looking a little busy. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
Tonight we'll see a little snow at times, accumulating a coating to an inch. Watch for icy spots. We'll reach a low of 23. Tomorrow, a little snow at times, accumulating a coating to an inch. Storm total snow fall an inch or two. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 25. Bitterly cold Saturday with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Limited outdoor activity is recommended. We'll see a high Saturday of 16. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stacker Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, the opening ceremonies for the 2022 Winter Olympics are a week from today in Beijing. And around here, we've been saying for about a year now that the U.S. and other countries should boycott the games. That's obviously not going to happen. Stephen Mosier is author of The Bully of Asia, Why China's Dream is the New Threat to World Order. And he joins us now. Stephen, thanks for coming on the show again. appreciate it. It's good to be here with you, Don. So um, how will the Olympics uh, help the Chinese communists realize that dream? Oh, well, it's... It'll help them a great deal. I mean, it's a it's a propaganda exercise. They've set up a giant Potemkin village. We call it an Olympic village, but it's really a Potemkin village. It bears no uh, relationship to the society, largest society in China, which is being dissidents or being that is being committed against the Uyghurs. Tibetan culture is being extinguished. Christian churches are being torn down. I I could go on. But, uh, of course, the athletes and the people who are there will see none of that. Uh, they will only see the games uh, that will put the Chinese Communist Party in the best possible light. I think there are multiple reasons not to go, of course, uh, only one of which is human rights. The other of which is they're locking down parts of the country, including parts of Beijing, because they have a new epidemic raging. And we don't know what it is. It's, it's, not, it's not the friendly Wuhan virus? Well, we don't know. I mean, what we can be sure of is that the Chinese Communist Party officials are, are misleading us, not telling us the truth. Because remember, the outbreak of COVID, they lied about the fact that there was human-to-human transmission. They lied about the fact that it came from the lab. Uh, so the, the lies were endless, and they're continuing today. Now, it may be Omicron, uh, which is pronounced I'm a cold, because it's a mild, very mild um, uh, cold-like symptoms. But it could be another variant, more dangerous. It could be another pathogen entirely. I've heard uh, rumors of uh, hemorrhagic fever. Do we know the truth? No. But we can be certain that we're not being told the truth by Chinese officials. So one reason why the American athletes shouldn't be going to China is they might get sick, and they might bring back that sickness with them. You know, there's one country that's boycotting the Olympics, and you'll never guess which one it is. It's North Korea which sits right on the border with China across the Yala River, and they know that there's an epidemic raging in China. They decided, Pyongyang decided, not to send its athletes to Beijing for that very reason. What do they know that we don't know? So let me get this straight. So they're still making three-year-old kids wear masks over here and not letting trucks go over the border if the truck driver's not vaccinated, but they're going to send a couple thousand people over to Beijing as, as part of the Olympic program and they could all come back with some disease that we don't know anything about yeah you've got that now an administration in washington dc that doesn't want to call china to account for anything they don't want to demand reparations for killing millions of people and for causing trillions of dollars of economic damage Uh, they don't want to bring up the crushing of the democracy movement in hong kong the constant threats against taiwan Uh, they don't want to bring up any of that they, they appear to be afraid to talk uh, to China in harsh terms. I, I, I'm not sure why that is. I suspect it's because uh, some very senior people, including uh, maybe family members of the occupant of the Oval Office, have been compromised uh, by China. We've heard a lot about that in the past two years. I think almost all of what we've heard is true. But in any event, we had an administration, uh, the Trump administration, that in the person of Pompeo was talking about moving the games before he left office. Yeah. Uh, he now says he wishes he would have pushed harder on that front. But what we have now is an administration that's not pushing China at all. They're just rolling over. Do you think if the U.S., uh, if Donald Trump were still president, that the U.S. would be sending a team over there? No, I think we would have moved the Olympics to another venue. We possibly would have pushed it back a, a, a year. I don't know, like Japan did last year. But in any event, it would not, should not be held in China uh, we boycotted the Olympics. Uh, we kept South Africa out of the Olympics for 20 years because of apartheid. Mm-hmm. We have 
genocide in real time in China. We have a pandemic in real time in China, and, and China should not be allowed to participate in the Olympics, and they're hosting it. They're hosting it. That makes no sense at all. Yeah, and and um, it, the, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of interest in it back here. I, I would guess that, I guess, Winter Olympics do well on TV because it's, in most of the country, it's dark outside and it's cold and people are in the house so they 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 turn it on but uh, i have a feeling that there's there won't be a lot of uh, interest in this uh, the uh, the nhl is not going to be there so here in pittsburgh that reduces the interest by about 90 percent but not having you know nhl players in it so uh, I, I don't see it being a huge success for nbc but they're still going to make lots of money on it aren't they well, they are, but but uh, you, uh, I'm sure you've heard, and some of our listeners need to need to know that uh, that that NBC is not sending uh, its commentators and camera crews to Beijing. They're going to be doing all of their commentating from the United States of America. Why? Because there's a pandemic raging in North China, and they don't want to expose their people to it. Well, if that's the case, why are we exposing our athletes and trainers uh, to it uh, as well? Uh, again, it it makes uh, it makes no sense at all. Uh, you know, the, the Trump administration, you mentioned, relentlessly hammered China for all kinds of things, persecution of Christians uh, and religious minorities. They spoke up for Hong Kong. They declared uh, that what communist leaders were doing to the Turkey-speaking Uyghurs in the far west was genocide. And yet uh, th- this administration has been, uh, has been almost totally silent on that. Um, and most people do know about the genocide and the slavery uh, and the Uyghurs, um, should that alone have caused the International Olympic Committee to move the games? Should, shouldn't that have been enough? It, it should have because it's a clear violation of the Genocide Convention. There is genocide in real time in the far west of China. And we're talking about 12 million people. We're not talking about a small group. We're talking about a Turkish-speaking group that speak the same language that people of Turkey and, and Kazakhstan speak, some dialectal variation. And, and we have forced abortion and forced sterilization of Uyghur women uh, that's a clear uh, indication of genocide. We have a couple million Uyghur heads of household, mostly men, being locked up in concentration camps, forced to work seven hours a day, uh, rather seven days a week, 24 hours, you know, 24 hours a day in the camp, 12 hours on shifts. And then we have police and and uh, and army personnel stationed with the women and small children left behind in their homes, sleeping in the same beds. Uh, we have the older children sent off to boarding schools where they're not allowed to speak. Turkish. They're required to speak Chinese. They're only allowed to communicate with their mothers at home a half an hour, one time a month, short phone call. And the younger and the older young people, uh, 16 to 25, are, are sent to factories on the east coast of China in batches of 100, where they're locked up in factory compounds and forced to work long hours uh, during the day and forced to learn the Chinese language at night and making goods for export to, you guessed it, the United States of America. Amazing. The, su- the Summer Olympics were held there in 2008. Uh, how much did that promote their cause? Well, I mean, it, it, it does wonders for the image of China around the world because the only thing that people see on their television screens is all sweetness and light. Uh, before the 2008 Olympics, they literally bulldozed 100,000 old homes in Beijing because these were homes that predated the revolution. They wanted to get rid of them. Uh, they didn't even... Uh, compensate the people's homes were destroyed. They just told them to leave in the middle of winter, so they just demolished entire neighborhoods. Uh, the other thing they did was they arrested literally you know, hundreds of dissidents in and around Beijing, so no dissident could talk to any of the visiting foreigners. Uh, the other thing they did was they literally painted the dead grass green. Uh, there were parts of venues that, that weren't very attractive, and they painted the grass green. The brown grass was painted green. Um, and then those the, the, those stadiums uh, in which the soccer competitions and the other open-air, the decathlon were held, uh, those are open-air execution fields. They are used for public executions of criminals uh, when the Olympics were not in session, when the games are not being held. Uh, criminals are marched out into the center of the field and in front of crowds of 10 or 20 or 50,000 people publicly executed with a, a bullet to the back of the head. So... Um, yeah, you don't see any of that, do you, when you're watching the games? That's amazing, uh, the thing about the stadiums. Um, that I read that in a piece that you wrote for uh, the New York Post, uh, I think it was last year, when you were, you were calling mm-hmm. for the, the boycott or the moving of the games back then. Right. Um, 
And I read that, and I'm how 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 come I didn't know about that? That seems to be something that I should know about because uh, it well, should be China, the world yeah. should know about it. Well, yeah, and, and we're helping to educate people right now by talking about it. But, yeah. yeah, there are a lot of people who don't want to offend the Chinese Communist Party. The Chinese Communist Party is very easily offended. If you don't say nice things about them, if you offer the slightest bit of criticism, uh, they come down on you like a ton of bricks. And in this case, they do public executions. Uh, to You know, it's called you kill the one to, to, to warn the hundred. Another Chinese expression is you kill the chicken to warn the monkey. So they trot the chickens out on the field, they kill a few of them, and the tens of thousands of people watching in the stands know that they are not to cross the Chinese Communist Party because they could lose their lives if they do so. So public execution is a part of the the mechanism of control. Uh, it's how the Chinese Communist Party exerts control and dominates the, the, the mass of the Chinese people. And they execute more people in China than the rest of the world combined each year, around 15,000, 20,000. We don't know the exact number. But say that again now. They, that's, what they, that's how many they execute, shoot them? They execute, yes. There, there are more people uh, executed given capital punishment in China uh, than in the rest of the world combined, according to the Amnesty International reports on the matter. And, um, and they execute between fifteen and 20,000 people. We don't know the exact number because... Some of the executions are in public and some are in private. And by the way, as long as we're talking about executions, when those Uyghurs and other political dissidents go into the, the camps, uh, they are tissue-typed. They, they are uh, taken saliva samples and blood samples from and tissue-typed. And if they happen to be a tissue match to someone who needs a kidney or a liver or a lung, uh, they're executed for their organs. This is... This is uh, uh, going on in China, it is called forced organ donation, where people in labor camps, people in prison, are executed for their organs, which are then sold uh, to people who need uh, who need uh, organ organ transplants. Wow! We're talking to Stephen Mosher. He's the author of the Bully of Asia: Why China's Dream is the New Threat to World Order. It's uh, you know, forget the Olympics, uh, Stephen. How is the world not the rest of the world, I mean, maybe you could exclude uh, North Korea and a couple other countries, but how is the world not just totally shunning China? How has that happened that they've become, they're mainstream, that, uh, and, and uh, they're wonderful. They have, they have the Confucius programs here at, at, at universities in America, and, and uh, academics are slobbering all over them, telling them how wonderful they are. Well, I think I think they certainly uh, won friends at Harvard University when they made uh, contributions over the last few years of over a hundred million dollars uh, to the university for various programs, and when they set up a Confucius Institute as they have on a hundred university campuses in the United States, they send over the director and the teachers for the institute. Now, think about that. They're sending over people who have been who are Communist Party members who have been vetted by the Chinese Communist Party and taught. Um, and are faithfully adherents of Communist Party ideology and, uh, and, and the co- history of the Communist Party, as taught by the Communist Party. And that's what they're teaching American students of Chinese. The Confucius Institutes uh, pose as simply places where American students can learn about Chinese history and culture. What they're actually uh, doing is serving as propaganda outposts where American college students are propagandized into believing that uh, the Chinese Communist Party is a wonderful organization that has done miraculous things in terms of improving the lives of the Chinese people. And never, ever, ever will you hear the words Tiananmen, uh, as in massacre, or Taiwan, as in independence and freedom, or Tibet, as in independence. The three Ts, they're called, Taiwan, um, Tiananmen, and uh, Tibet are off-limits at the Confucius Institutes. And if I'm invited on campus to speak, uh, the Confucius Institute and the China Student Organization, consisting of students from China, will often protest my presence because, you know, I speak the truth about uh, the brutal history of the Chinese Communist Party, the fact that it has killed uh, probably 100 million Chinese since taking power in 1949. So it is 
among other distinctions, it's the biggest killing machine in human history. Amazing. So I, I, I think I saw or heard that the uh, American athletes are being told not to bring, not to protest, not to talk about any of this stuff. Well, they're being my uh, my uh, my friend, the former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, uh, who um, Secretary Pompeo now regrets not pushing harder to move the Winter Olympics to another country when he was in office. Uh, recently, uh, sent out uh, an email saying that that Team USA is telling all U.S. athletes not to bring their smartphones to China, but to use burner phones and to avoid insofar as possible, all surveillance by the Chinese Communist Party, and not to say or do anything that might upset the party because they might be, they will be tailed, surveilled, monitored constantly while in China, and uh, they may be arrested or and in prison if they speak out against the uh, against China's human rights abuses. So, I mean, why, why are we sending our athletes uh, to a country where they have to use burner phones and have to be warned about the possibility of being arrested? If they speak out of turn, aren't, aren't we asking them to give up their freedom of speech and their freedom of association and the freedoms that we prize so dearly in this country? Why is any country sending them and why is the International Olympic Committee staging their party there? Yeah, there have been scandals in the past about the International Olympic Committee and, and various countries uh, paying off officials in order to have be selected to host um the games and uh, knowing as I do the the modus operandi of the Chinese Communist Party, they always advance their cause by using money, by using drugs, by using sex. We all know the story of how Fang Fang and Eric Swalwell had their little fling, and of course mm-hmm. Fang Fang has left. She's gone back to China when her role was uncovered as an, as an espionage agent. But Eric Swalwell is still in Congress. He's still on the Intelligence Committee, for goodness sake. <laughs> And there are lots of fong fongs running around, and there's lots of money changing hands, and there's lots of drugs in the in the drug trade. The fentanyl, of course, comes from China and makes huge profits for Chinese communist officials while killing tens of thousands of young Americans. So uh, that's how they advance their cause. And and you know, Chinese officials on on uh, videos I've seen joke about the fact that if they give one bag of money. Uh, to an official they want to bribe, and it's not enough, they come back and give two bags, and if that's not enough, they give three bags. So I'm, I'm afraid there's a lot of corruption um, spread by the, uh, by the CCP and uh, the International Olympic Committee's presence in the Winter Olympics in 2022 in China may be in part explained by that. Well, I don't know about you, Stephen, but I won't be watching one second of the Winter Olympics uh, that start next week. Um, I, yeah. I, I appreciate you being on the show, uh, and it's uh, the bully of Asia, why China's dream is the new threat to world order. Thanks a lot, Stephen. Thank you. Okay, that's Stephen Mosier. We'll be right back. With Joe Biden and the radical Democrats pushing their socialist agenda, Pennsylvania needs to send a conservative fighter to the United States Senate. Carla Sands is a MAGA conservative who served on President Trump's foreign policy and economic teams. With deep roots in central Pennsylvania, Carla Sands shares our conservative values. Carla Sands is a Christian and a pro-life mom who will defend the unborn. Carla Sands is a job-creating businesswoman who will cut our taxes and get Washington off the backs of our small businesses. Carla Sands is a constitutional conservative who will protect our First and Second Amendment rights. And Carla Sands is a law and order conservative who will fight to finish President Trump's wall, crack down on election fraud, and stop Fauci's tyranny. MAGA conservative Carla Sands. She'll put America and Pennsylvania first. I'm Carla Sands, and I approve this message. Paid for by Sands for Senate. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. 
Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and a Inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. This is Sebastian Gorka, and I want to invite you to join me for a powerful travel opportunity that will likely become the highlight of your year. I'm headed to Israel in November 2022 for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour of the key sites and best places meant to give you an unprecedented view of a world you've likely only read or heard about. Together, we'll uncover key geopolitical insights as we unpack Israel's significance on the world stage. You'll return home empowered by the experience. If you ever dreamt of visiting Israel, this is your opportunity. Come with me in 2022. For more information, call 855-565-5519 or book online at Stand with israeltour.com 855-565-5519 or stand with israeltour.com the john steigerwall show am 1250 the answer you know, i don't want to root against the uh, americans at um, at the olympics those uh, young athletes work hard and if somebody's going to be having an olympics you may as well have people from america win the gold medals or win the medals but I, I won't be watching one second of it, and I'm glad that the NHL's not going. Of course, the NHL's not going for all the wrong reasons. They're not going because of what Stephen Mosier just mentioned, uh, the, the, uh, the, the disease that's floating around over there that nobody really knows what it is. But um, it, NBC not sending their announcers. I'm guessing they're not sending their crews either. If the announcers aren't going, who's shooting the video? Who's uh, setting up the TV trucks? I don't know. But um, and when you think about all the precautions that are taken here, the hysteria over COVID over the last two years, and they're going to let these people go over there, spend what is, what, 10 days, almost two weeks there, then get on planes and come back and walk around in the United States? Very strange. And they should have canceled them or moved them a long time ago. I'll talk to you tomorrow. John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.